Welcome to Keeping It Real, a Bluffer's Guide to Sydney Film Festival. Hi, my name is Felix Hubble and I'm a programmer with SFF. In need of a great documentary recommendation at the festival, we have names. In this episode, journalist Sandy George will be speaking with our head of programs and documentary programmer, Jenny Neighbour, about all of the documentaries in the festival, some of her favourite picks, and where the line sits between documentary and fiction. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone listening. My name's Sandy George, and I'm thrilled to be able to pick the brains of Jenny Neighbour, who is Head of Programs and Documentary Programmer at the Sydney Film Festival. Hello, Jenny. Hello, Sandy. A pleasure to talk to you. Now, hopefully this conversation about the documentaries in the festival will help you out there decide what tickets to buy. And, of course, it's not cheating. Let's kick off with a big, all-encompassing question. Jenny, how many documentaries are in the festival program in all their glorious shapes and sizes? So there are 52 docos in the festival, including ones that kind of hover between being fact or fiction. And 20 of those are from Australia. Just over half are directed by women or co-directed by women. And they come from uh, just over 30 countries. Wow. And are they all different lengths? Completely different lengths from four hours down to a few minutes. And what sort of, are they in like a program of their own within the festival? There are specific strands which are just documentary. For instance, um, the International Documentary Strand or the DAF Awards, as we call them, the Documentary Australia Foundation Awards. But then there are documentaries in the First Nations program, the Screenability program, and in the official competition. So they do tend to get into every corner of the festival. Right. And when you say some of the documentaries hover between fact and fiction. What do you really mean by that? And can you think about someone who perhaps doesn't often choose to see documentary over drama? Mm. I think there are some documentaries um, that play with the notion of documentary itself. I always love it when you sit down and start watching a film and you go, is this documentary, is this truth or is this fiction? And you kind of somewhere in the labyrinth of your mind make a judgment call that you're being told a truth. I think it's a really interesting idea that we make that judgment. Um, There's one particular film uh, in this year's festival called A Cop Movie, which really plays with that notion of what's truth, what are you seeing that's truth? And it's actually a really exciting kind of ride at the same time. So I see that as a very different kind of film. And and maybe one that the people who are documentary hesitant, if I could call it that, might kind of want to plunge into to debate what it is about documentary that makes them hesitant. Did you say a cop movie as like a police officer? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And where's it from? It's from Mexico. And what exactly is the sort of story of it? So it basically 
takes the idea of two cops, you know, like the drive-along buddy cops, although in this case they're actually much closer than buddies, and you see them both as if it's completely fiction, then you see it as the documentary, and then you see it as the making of. Whoa, I can't even imagine what that's like, but just hold on a sec because I want to go and buy a ticket. I <laughs> know it's it's so much fun and as I say really plays with that kind of like what is the truth here how do I dig it out and I think for me those kind of things also play into the whole fake news argument as well you know like how do you know what's the what's real and what's not mm. I, I love that about it mm. it is interesting how some people kind of I don't know position documentaries as being sort of definitive truth but they have to be filtered don't they I mean they have to be filtered at the very least through what the filmmaker has time to tell you or decides what to tell you like I always think as a journalist that there is no truth actually there's various people's truths and lots of truths and yeah it makes documentary a very very interesting format Jenny, the whole world has been pretty gripped by COVID for a long time. Sometimes it feels like to the exclusion of all else. But are there themes in the program that have managed to fight their way to the surface? Do you know, that's a particularly difficult question this year, I think. And maybe it's because I've seen these films over a much longer period of time. You know, normally the festival year kind of, you know, the festival's in June and around about August I start watching again and then by the next June it's all assembled and it's kind of as you go through the that process of the years viewing and selecting, themes kind of emerge. This year with the stop-start nature of things, um, uh, you know, we were going to be in June, then we we're going to be in August and now touch wood we're in November I think I found it hard to pull those themes out in quite such a coherent way it felt like it was changing in front of me all the time and maybe that was my own kind of sense of where in the world are we uh, that I couldn't see threads in quite the same way other than those kind of threads of people just filmmakers generally exploring their world. I mean, there's very much that. I mean, there's no specific COVID films, as I would call it, you know, the, the, the COVID documentaries, they aren't in the festival this year. I think most of the ones that had emerged that I saw were very much more current affairs kind of orientated and less the kind of cinematic end or the film festival end of those stories. I think they will emerge. I'm just not sure they're here yet. I don't know if people want to sit in the cinema and consume COVID, do they? I don't know if they do yet. That would be how I'd feel about it. Maybe not yet. One of the reasons I completely love documentaries is because they are windows into worlds that we might have had nothing whatsoever to do with. Are there any um, that left you completely astounded or gobsmacked in terms of what you learned from them? I I mean, I think there'd be many. There's actually... A couple, there's the most beautiful film 
beautiful looking film, but the story it tells not so beautiful called Taming the Garden. And it opens with this amazing shot of this huge tree floating across the sea on a barge. And then it emerges, and this is all observational, no commentary. You watch as other giant trees are kind of dug up in kind of villages or forests and dragged or hauled down to the beach and set on barges. And you don't quite know where they're going or why anyone's doing it. And the story that emerges is just gobsmacking. It's just extraordinary. You can't believe that something like that can happen in this world. It's really, it's, it's almost surreal, I would say. I, I, it was a film that was in uh, Sundance this year and uh, CPH Docs in Berlin. And I think that, yeah, that it's just, it really kind of something else, one of those something else films. Is it going to break my heart? Uh, I no. am a tree lover. I don't know if it will break your heart. It might just give a little bit of damage to your soul somehow. I'm not sure. Um, and the other one I found astounding was The Rescue, which just premiered recently in uh, Toronto, I think it was. And that's the story of the Thai soccer team, young soccer team that was saved in the caves. And this basically version of the story is by the two directors who made Free Solo. I don't know if you saw that a few years back, that kind of extraordinary footage of these cliffs. This is such the opposite. I mean, I have to admit to a little bit of claustrophobia. So I was like, it's going to be in a cave underground for the whole film. How am I going to handle this, you know? But it is so inspiring. It, it's so unexpectedly inspiring because you, you hear these stories about heroes, but these mainly guys just going, oh, then we did this and then we did this. And you're going, but, but, but at what risk, at what cost? But it just is so inspiring. So if Taming the Garden does make you feel a little down, then I'd recommend, you know, having a chaser of the rescue because that makes you feel as though the world is a much better place. It's always interesting, isn't it, when a documentary and a drama comes out on the same topic, not that we've seen, um, was it Ron Howard that made one up in Queensland? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd be interested to see the different takes on that, yeah. Is there any documentaries in the program that you're tempted to pop a little warning on because they disturbed you so much? Oh, disturbing. Well... I suppose Burning, which is Eva Orner's documentary, which we've just announced one inaugural Sustainable Future Award. Eva Orner made, uh, produced Taxi to the Dark Side, which was a disturbing film in itself. This one looks at, she was actually working out here when the bushfires were on and started making this film. So the, the bushfires of Australia's kind of black summer, as it were. So it looks at that and the impact of that but more than anything it looks at how little our politicians are willing to do to make a change to address climate change and how the media supports that and so I find that really distressing and, and in the context of you know the Glasgow meeting coming up and everything I think it's a really important one to see and to think about 
what our country is saying about climate change on our behalf, I guess. Yeah. So I found that one particularly disturbing. Um, and, and, you know, maybe on the same theme as well is How to Kill a Cloud, which is one of the films in our uh, European film promotion, Women Directors Strand. And this one is about a, a Finnish scientist who is, she's great. She's just like really charismatic figure on the screen. And she gets this million dollar grant to basically research clouds but really it's the united emirates wanting her to research making it rain in the desert for their own reasons so it becomes this real ethical dilemma for her and i found that very disturbing as well that whole kind of big big money big power changing our climate which is kind of another so maybe i find these particularly disturbing because i find the whole notion of climate change what it means for the future to be a very disturbing thing rather than a kind of straightforward horror documentary i suppose have you been watching fires on the abc not yet no it's on my list it's on okay. my list when you do you will need a very large box of tissues that I... seems to trivialize it it's actually absolutely amazing television and completely devastating just Amazing. So once again, yeah. a drama treatment of that summer and yeah. Eva Orner's documentary treatment. Mm. Um, festival goers really relish, you know, the fact that films come from around the world. It's one of the joys of festivals. Yeah. Are there documentaries that you're particularly pleased to include because of the corner of the world that they're from? Oh, absolutely. And I I mean, we always look for the kind of corners, if you know what I mean, always on the outlook for things that tell a story in a different way or from a different perspective. I There was one film which I saw at IDFA, um, which is the documentary festival in Amsterdam, called Le Tempe Du, and it's set in a cafe in Buenos Aires where this group of mainly elderly people come together every week to read another chapter of In Search of Lost Times or Remembrance of Things Past, the Proust book. So, and this is kind of, it was filmed over years and it is so charming and so just insightful because obviously when they read a chapter, it triggers things in, you know, their own memories of relationships or events in their lives generally. But it's also this wonderful group of people who kind of riff off each other and they argue about what page they're on and whether they've read that before or what uh, proofs might have meant by it and, you know, all of this. It, it's just a delight. There's also one, because one of the things I desperately missed throughout this covid era is live music i love going to gigs to live music gigs i've so missed it and one of the films music films we're showing is called the rumba kings and it's about the history of the congolese rumba and it has the best archival footage i mean like amazing and the music because it was kind of like paralleled with the rise of the independence movement at the same time it became like the the soundtrack for it if you like and they also have the coolest outfits as well 
It's just so good. And um, there's a playlist. I think it's on the festival website. And I've just been playing it ever since. Just It just lifts my spirit. So desperate to get back to WOMAD, perhaps. <laughs> it sounds fabulous. Are there any titles in the program that will give us belly laughs? That's what I always like, a belly laugh. A belly laugh. Mm. Well, you know, comic, comedic documentaries are few and far between, usually. But there, there was one which is incredibly inventive, and you could put this in my box of this isn't fact, this isn't fiction kind of films as well, called The Filmmaker's House. So it's this UK filmmaker. He's also an artist called Mark Isaacs. And so he he basically wanted to make a, a, a film, but everyone kept telling him there's no money you've got to make a film that's about crime or celebrity or sex or something so he just decides that he's going to make a film at home and he starts filming the the two guys who have come to put up a new fence his neighbor the kind of homeless person who knocks on the door uh his housekeeper and then his wife interrupts every so often and goes, when is that filming equipment going to go? Where it's in the way and the kids interrupt. And so it shifts completely because you, as a viewer, you realise at some point that this maybe isn't the truth and that maybe some of this is becoming fiction. And this pleasure is kind of waiting to see where it goes. And along the way, it's so funny. It's really funny. And then another one I really like, which had these moments that just did a belly laugh, I did a belly laugh, was Four Seasons in a Day, which is an, uh, set in Ireland, but it's, um, I think it's a Belgian filmmaker. And it's set on this ferry, which goes between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. So one in Brexit, one not. And it's the kind of area where a lot of people seem to do day trips or holidays. And so you're just listening to people on the ferry as they kind of discuss Brexit amongst other things. So, you know, some of them go, oh, you know, um, what is it going to mean? And someone else will say, oh, who knows? But look, your coffee will get cold. Stop thinking about that. Drink up, you know. And then they're all really excited because there's one dolphin around that everyone's trying to spot. They're also trying to work out exactly where the border is. Is it that sandbank or is it that sandbank or is it closer to that side than the other? And at the same time, there's a, a lot of really kind of quite pertinent things about Brexit and the Irish the Northern Irish, Southern Irish kind of arguments and things. So it's very funny, but it's also very insightful, I think. Sydney's got a big tradition of great documentaries and there's a, you know, there's a lot of very serious documentary consumers that will go. What is in the program for that section of the audience, which I often think must put a lot of pressure on you every year, that group? Well, luckily, the pressure is alleviated because there is nearly always a Frederick Wiseman film. I mean, he's he's now, what, 90, I think? It could be 80s. 90, 90s, 90, I think. And he's made a film called City Hall, which, you know, is part of that whole look at American institutions. And he's such an amazing filmmaker. And as we were talking earlier, he just knows what to leave in and what to take out to give you that sense of what's happening. And 
I watched this film at the time of the American elections, you know, when there was still thought that Trump might have won or might win. And this was very, for me, incredibly hopeful because it was about kind of an institution trying to do the right thing by their community and not, you know, and not wanting to lie or be evasive, but just trying to do the right thing. A filmmaker that's perhaps clearly less known is um, Camilla Nielsen. We showed a film of hers a few years back called Democrats, and she's made a new one called President, which again, for me, has a riff on the whole Trump thing because it's about the first democratic constitutional elections in Zimbabwe. And she has the most amazing access and she follows the story of people who are desperately trying to kind of hold a democratic election, tell their communities the truth, not kind of give in to corruption, not be sidelined by other things. And so it's, for me, this parallel story to, you know, like at the time when democracy was under threat, this seemed to me a really important film. I mean, then there's one other female filmmaker whose films I've always loved. I mean, you might have might know them. Hedy Honigman's films. She made Forever um, and she made that, oh, I've forgotten the name, the wonderful one about the musicians who, the soldiers and their favourite music. It's called Crazy. Anyway, she's made a film called No Hey Camino, There Is No Path. And she is someone who's been ill for some time and she's now dying and she looks back at her family and her career and she talks to there's the most beautiful sequence where she's sitting around a table talking to some of her film students about you know what filmmaking means to her so for filmmakers I think this is this is a really powerful film. Jenny it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you let's end on giving the audience some survival tactics let's say for um seeing a lot of films at the festival three four five maybe more a day i think for myself i enjoyed the festival more when i started to think quality not quantity or less <laughs> is more or however you want to describe it i'd still go for the whole day but i'd make sure i scheduled in friends and food between films but, but what what are your survival well, it varies according to a little bit according to whether I'm having a total pleasure festival or whether I'm working, I suppose. If I'm working, I always need my phone charging device because it always runs out because I'm so busy sending text messages or looking at my calendar. But even when it's a pleasure festival, I always like to take a large scarf or shawl because when it's particularly drafty or the air conditioning, as it does in the state theatre, is working very efficiently, you can put it around your knees or uh, around your shoulders. And also if the tension gets too much, you can just put it over your head. It works in many ways. It's a very practical thing. And you can just shove it back in your handbag. Um, there's much talk of what you can eat in movies. I know that... Um, you know, some podcasts overseas recommend a soft cheese roll. But frankly, I'm quite a fan of fudge because it doesn't smell pretty odorless fudge. It's kind of soft. It's not going to be crunchy and it's got so much sugar in it'll 
clearly last you one or two movies. There's no no possibility of that. Um, oh. And, of course, plenty of tissues, but not just for those sad movies, but because I always get fudge on my glasses in the process. <laughs> so I need the tissues to wipe off the fudge, but, you know. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us and see you at the festival. Thank you and I look forward to seeing you at the festival. Fudge, mask, hand sanitizer and tissues in hand. In our next episode, Freak Me Out programmer Richard Kuypers and family programmer Catherine Roger show there's something for everyone in their respective programs as they try to convince each other to try something on the other side of the cinematic fence. You've been listening to Keeping It Real with Sydney Film Festival. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about any of our films or buy tickets, head to sff.org.au and I'll see you at the movies.